Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mixed Bag coming to you live right here in the J Cave. I am joined by my good man Bill Murphy. What's going on? What buddy? is going on, folks? So glad to have you back again. And uh Bill, are you excited to be here? We haven't done that. We haven't done a long show in a little while. I think tonight's gonna go long. What do you think? I think it's gonna be a long one. First I hope of all, so. Two you forgot something, JT. What did I forget? We the best podcast. Oh, yeah. We the best podcast. It's been a little while, forgive me. Yeah. And um so, and second of all, we all hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving last week. Hope you uh ate a lot of turkey. Um yes, yes. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners out there. And um, you know, if um if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, your Thanksgiving was great. If you're a Giants fan, like us then, then we're really upset with you. Yeah, but um, yeah, and JT, can you believe tomorrow is December first? Yeah, I was just about to mention that everyone. I can't believe we're doing this on Wednesday, November thirtieth, in this year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. Hard to believe that we have been doing this for as long as we have been. Number one, and number two, I can't believe twenty twenty two is almost over. It seems like only, it seems like only yesterday we just started mixed bag. So that's crazy to me. I can't. I can't believe. To, I can't believe tomorrow is December first. You know what that means, folks? What does that mean, Bill? Twenty-five more shopping days till Christmas. Yes. And if you have not got your family or your or anyone else in your, in your life Christmas gifts them yet, do it soon then later. Please don't go to the mall on Christmas Eve. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. That guy is not a good guy. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you something. Me yes. and my dad, when we go out Christmas shopping for my mom, you know when we do it? What do you do? The Saturday before Christmas. Ooh, okay. that's actually really... Why? <laughs> that's so soon. Because I don't... Because I'm... Um, yeah, but, um, but not if the Saturday before Christmas is on Christmas Eve. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's... Cause, and then this year, Christmas Eve happens to be on a Saturday. Yeah, so... Yeah, but usually you guys want to see chaos. Go to a shopping mall on the weekend before Christmas. Then talk. Then come talk to me. Exactly. That's madness. It's the most wonderful time. Hey, stop fighting. Tickle the aloe. Boom. Yeah, crazy. Oh, my God. Um, But anyways... Oh boy, Bill, Bill, Bill is going off on his tangent about why you should not do that. But anyways, what is Tom? What, what is tonight's we'll topic? Just use Amazon, not sponsored. Amazon is good, but we're not sponsored. Bill, what is tonight's topic? Okay, well tonight's topic is okay. We all know great movies, and we all know movies that have sequels. And when we yep. think of sequels that are better than the original, we think of, you know, like Terminator 2, Godfather 2, The Dark Knight, Empire Strikes Back. There you go, yep. But and and then we think of the sequels that people don't precisely like. And you know what, JT, um I want you to answer me an honest question here, my friend. Go ahead. Ask away. The, the two problems with sequels is they either stray too far away from the original or they're too close to the original. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see how it go either way. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you either get something that's completely out of left field. Yes. And like, what was this again? And yeah. or something that's completely too close to the original. Like, yeah, we saw this in the first one. Been there, done that. Don't want to go back. Yeah, and um, then, and then so, some of the examples we bring up tonight are definitely going to be ones that um you might agree with or disagree with. But this, this is the ones that I, I came up with, and Bill came up with that we're just going to uh, mention. I didn't even say the topic yet. Um, oh, you're right. I am so sorry. The topic is sequels that aren't as bad as everyone says they are. Yeah. They're not that. Now, are these good as the original? No. Are they? But are they honestly the worst things ever made? No. Probably not. No. Like, are they as good as... as their predecessors, no. But are they the worst things ever? No. Like, and we just want to say, none of this is fact. It's all strictly opinion. Yes, 100%. That's Whether you agree with us or di- if you agree with us, awesome. If you disagree with us, awesome. Hey, you know what they say about opinions, JT? What do they say? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has them and they all stink. Yes, yes, they do. Anyways, on that note, Bill, would you like to get us going tonight, or um, uh, would you mind getting us going? Okay, sure, I will go first. I so, defer. anyways, he, he defers to me. So, the first one we're going to talk about tonight is so in the world, mainly the ones that I'm sticking with tonight are mainly um franchises. Because there's so many, so, so many, so, a sequel, or it, it could just be any film, really. But um, truthfully, if you really think about it, some of the sequel, some of the sequels in the franchise might not be the best either. And honestly, everyone, I, I'm here to just point this out to everyone that for those of you who don't know, I, my favorite movie in the entire world. Is Indiana Jones is Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's not called Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, the first one is an all-time classic amongst the pillars of Hollywood. The second one, which was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This movie got some hate by parents, by fans, to an extent for violence and the use of like ripping a guy's heart out and stuff like that. This is we talked about this movie when. The uh, the PG thirteen rating came. We were talking about how the rating system of the MPA and stuff like that. But this one, this movie, um, people think it's a bad sequel. Like if you go to if you go to the Rotten Tomatoes or the Metacritic score, it's in like the fifties or the sixties. Like half of half critics liked it, half critics didn't. Some people really liked it, some people really didn't. I think it's a stone cold classic sequel because when you think about the Indiana Jones movies, you think of the trilogy. You don't think about the fourth one. Sorry, everyone. Um, but the fourth think- one exists. Uh, debatable. It but- exists. Hey, hey, you don't have to like it, JT, but you do have to acknowledge that it exists. I sadly have to acknowledge that it exists. Yes. So, anyways, I digress. But Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is one of those movies that really, it, I I think it's a little bit underappreciated, truthfully, because it was it, it's still an Indiana Jones movie. 
it might be it might not be him fighting you know the nazis it might not be him fighting like a a certain biblical force but this is actually something that this is a this is a movie that i think is actually pretty darn good and for a while it was my favorite until i came to terms and said you know what the first one is the best one in my opinion but this one is a, is just still very good still a very solid movie overall it was it came out in 1984 that one of the pillar years of the 80s come on you know so but yeah my first pick is indiana jones and the temple of doom for many reasons and more bill do you have any comments at all for this or no i'm going to be honest with you jt i am not a big fan of temple of doom okay but i can see why people say it's underappreciated because yeah when people think of uh the indiana jones movies they think of raiders of the lost ark or the last crusade yeah they, t- they, typically, they typically think of those two but they don't think about this one and i think this one gets a little bit thrown under, under the bus just a little bit but that's me so, okay I, that, can, I can see that that's just my opinion though i mean I, I i when i think of this franchise i think of it as a trilogy and then they made a fourth one um but this is still part of the trilogy this is the second film in the franchise mm-hmm. so it, it, to me it holds a lot more weight than most people feel it does but that's just me i'm a big 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 fan of this movie too i'm very kind of the franchise i love the character i'm excited to see what they do with the fifth one i'm very curious to see what they do with the fifth one um but we'll have to wait and see on that front as well but yeah my first pick is indian jones and the temple of doom would you like to go next or i'm going to keep going okay i'll go next um what do you got since we started off with a movie that invented a pg-13 rating and here's a sequel to the other movie that did the PG-13 rating. And I am talking about Gremlins 2, The New Batch. In 1990, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. First of all, we have to say it. Where is he? Where's the little guy? First of all. That's not him. Hold on. Where is he? Ah. No. Uh, click on this one right here. Sorry, I tried. Okay. First of all, guess what? He's so cute. Oh, was it? He's so cute. I mean, look at him. He's Gizmo. Oh, look at him. He's all, what's going on? Um, yeah. But anyway, okay. For the, oh, he's scared. Um, okay. For anyone, okay, this is kind of a complex one because. Critics liked it, but fans didn't like it. Hmm. Fans did not like this. All right. For those of you who have not seen Gremlins 2, this is the... Here's the story. Gizmo, if you remember the end of the first one, is taken back by his owner, Mr. Wing. And a media mogul is going to Mr. Wing's shop to basically buy out the part of the neighborhood and turn it into a big city thing. And he says, no, weeks later, Mr. Wing dies. Gizmo is all alone. He's taken by these scientists. And meanwhile, our protagonist from the previous movie, Billy and Kate, played by Zach Algon and Phoebe Cates, 
are have now moved to New York City. And they live in a building and they work in this building. And and in that same building, the scientists have our little friend here. And then Billy hears the and picks up Gizmo from getting dissected, which, okay, this is probably my favorite scene in the movie when they, when these two scientists reveal Gizmo to, like, the head scientist who's played by Christopher Lee. Mm -hmm. Can we just say Christopher fucking Lee? Yeah. That is freaking awesome. He's Christopher Lee. Yeah, rest in peace, Christopher Lee. We miss you. Um, But anyway... There is actually, here's an interesting fact. There is a scene when they say, when they say, when Gizmo is dancing for the scientists. Mm. Like, in the original draft, they were he was dancing to a Billy Idol song. Okay. And the studio had told them that, oh, we have the rights to this song. We have the rights. Turns out they didn't. Hmm. They didn't have the rights to the song. So they didn't want to shoot the scene over again because they thought because it was going to be too expensive. Because they thought it was going to be too expensive. So they actually they actually did the scene over. Well, they didn't do, do it over. This time they put the song I'm Ready by Fats Domino. Okay. You know, well, I'm ready. I'm really and I made up to rock and roll all night. That song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But after Gizmo tries to escape, Christopher Lee catches him. This scene is so intimidating. He goes, and for that, my little friend, we're just going to have to do. And Gizmo's like, oh, my God. And then Billy reunites with Gizmo. It's, it's just such a heartwarming scene to see Billy and Gizmo reunited. And mm-hmm. because I'm not going to lie, I kind of cried at the end of the first one a little bit when. Gizmo pokes his head out of the box and says to Billy, go, bye, Billy. And and then when they're reunited, so nice to see. But then, then it kind of covers the same formula as last time. Um, one, Gizmo gets wet. Say it with me. Again. Again. And... Guess when the gremlins eat? After midnight. So guess what happens? Oh no! Yeah, like originally they wanted to have the gremlins run around New York City, but they thought that was going to be way too expensive, and they thought it was going to be a little corny of how they were going to film the scenes. Right. So they just stuck them into one building. And what's so like a lot of fans, like I said, the critics don't like it, but. The fans do. The fans actually really like this movie. And no, the critics actually liked it. And that and because you know what? Joe Dante at first he said, No, I'm not doing a sequel. And mm. then, but they wanted to do one and they said, and they said, listen, here's so and so million dollars, go nuts. Do whatever you want within reason. Like it and the the film 
Is it as good as the first one? No. It's no. not as good as the first one, but I will say I do think it is slightly more enjoyable. Like, they portray it more as, like, a dark comedy. Mm, okay. And, and um, like, there's this, uh, there's this other gremlin, the brain gremlin, who's voiced by Tony Randall. He drinks this brain serum. He just talks so smart, and he just sounds... And he just, he's just so much fun. He's just, and he's just like, um, like he's talk, he's talking to this vampire guy for like an interview. And he goes, what do you want? Fred, what we want is what everyone, so what you and your viewers have, civilization. And then he goes, is on, he goes, we want to be civilized. And he has a gun and this gremlin is just going, bah, bah, bah. He goes, hold on. Now was I'm civilized? No. Clearly not. It was fun, but it wasn't civilized. Right. And then that gremlin with a bunch of other gremlins just randomly break out into a chorus of New York, New York. Huh. It's one of the best versions of the song, in my opinion. I just love the beginning. Is everybody here? And yeah, but the gremlins are, the gremlins, I would say in a way they're a little more mischievous. They're not as mischievous as in the first one, but I would have loved to see, my criticism is I would have loved to see the gremlins run around New York City. It would be pretty cool. That would have been awesome. Um, and, and also, okay, spoiler here, there was a, the ending, which I'm not going to say what the ending was of how they're going to kill off the gremlins, but I will tell you what the original ending was planned. They wanted to fill the building with cement and kill off the gremlins that way. Mm, okay. And and they were told, no, that's going to be too expensive. You know, you told the guy to go nuts. But then you're like, oh, that's too expensive. Right. They should have put in the contract, go nuts, within reason. You know what I mean? They should have put go nuts within reason. Within reason, ladies and gentlemen. Within reason. Within reason. Like, don't spend a terrible amount of money. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to say what they ended up doing instead, because I don't want to spoil the ending, but... You're good. But yeah, they they went for weeks thinking about what they're going to do for a new ending. But yeah, but you know what? Like I said, I like this movie because like I said, they just gave all this money to Joe Dante and said, go nuts. They said, just go completely nuts. Do what you want. It's not bad. And in this movie, they just had so much fun doing it. They just had so much fun. And yeah, so since we since Indiana Jones was one of the movies that caused the PG thirteen rating, and so was Gremlins. I think it's appropriate that we did Temple of Doom and Gremlins two back to back. Not bad, not bad, not bad. All right, JT, over to you, my friend. All right, well, I'm gonna do this while it's fresh in my brain because I I, I want to save one. I want to save a couple for later, but uh, the other the other four down the line. But um, I want to talk about a movie 
that had a sequel and the sequel i would say is in my eyes i'm a big fan of this franchise i'm a huge fan i've been watching the t- the of uh, the previous television shows on paramount plus like a madman i'm talking about star trek ladies and gentlemen i'm talking about star trek into darkness this movie a lot of people uh, don't the critic scores are still high on it like as far as like the user like the users are like the critics are like it was actually like a solid i I forget exactly what it was on metacritic or on rotten tomatoes but this movie every single star trek fan was bashing on this movie because like oh the wrong guy screams con at the very spoilers if you haven't seen it's been it's been it's been out of theaters for for almost 10 years uh came out in 2013 um spoilers for that but anyways oh the wrong guy screams con oh scotty would never abandon the mission con was the wrong you know but but it's not it's not ricardo montepon i've heard the pure star trek fan like i've heard people online when a movie first came out say oh this movie sucks it's so bad and like if you take it for what it's worth it's a very fun modern action adventure sci-fi film with a lot of slow shots in it too. It's not just all action. It's not just all speed. It's not just all high velocity entertainment. It truly is a a, a darn a really really great movie, guys. I I and it, it doesn't get a lot of love online. It doesn't get a lot a lot of appreciation by fans. And I'm of the opinion that this movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, is a quite honestly a modern. I would say masterpiece, but it's definitely it, it, to me the first one was just in two thousand nine. Star Trek two thousand nine was great. This was a really, really great follow up. Truthfully, I love this movie to death. I, I'm a big fan of the timeline, the Kelvin timeline, and it's funny. A lot of the Star Trek community is like, "Oh, well, everything up until uh, everything two thousand five and up is not true Star Trek." Guys, listen to me. It's a franchise. They're gonna do what they want with it, and. No, at the time, 2006 or seven, before the reboot movie came out, no one cared about the franchise. So it took someone, someone like J.J. Abrams, to put it in a different universe, reboot the franchise, and it was a giant success with the massive, regular going audiences to go see these types of movies with Star Trek and with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. And basically, this movie is just a really fun movie. I'm I was thoroughly entertained with it. And I would actually say that the, the follow up, just on a side note, the follow up Star Trek Beyond is arguably better. I this franchise keeps getting better and better. I'm a big, big fan of this the, these types of Star Trek films. I wish that they would make more of like more TV stuff like this. I mean, I have nothing against I love the original series. I love Next Generation. Um, I have yet to binge watch Deep Space Nine or Voyager, but I'm very I'm very, very impatiently waiting to do so because i'm a big star trek fan I, I would not call myself a trekkie or a trekker whatever it's called but i would say that i'm a big fan of this franchise and i love the kelvin timeline fight me everyone fight me but this movie is great and it got it got so much hate when it came out because of different reasons or whatever it just, put your prejudice aside and accept that it's a great movie yes all film is subjective yes everything's an opinion or whatever but this movie was really Truly great in different more ways than one. Bill, have you seen Star Trek in the Darkness at all or no? No, sorry. 
oh no, we have to get you on the bandwagon. There's a I would actually argue there's more Star Trek out there than Star Wars between TV shows and movies. I can kind of agree on that. I mean, they made they made Star Trek the original series. It was three seasons. They made um Star Trek The Next Generation, which lasted seven seasons. Deep Space Nine lasted six or seven seasons. Voyager lasted four of six or seven. Um and um Enterprise less than I think five, four seasons, but then that, that's literally like within 30, 40 years of just track in general. Then you had the six movies of the original cast, then you had the four movies with the, the next generation crew. It was non stop Star Trek for a long time there, and, and they they they're, they're, they have more movies out than Star Wars, so that there's an argument to be made right there. But I'm I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Star Trek the next, Gen- Star Trek, next generation, Star Trek into darkness is a really fun movie. I think it's as, as true as you could get to a modern telling of the original series, truthfully, if I'm being brutally honest, everyone. So and, 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 I don't think this movie gets the love it deserves for what it is. So but that's me. Okay. You ready for mine? Yeah. So it's so a bottom line. Check out Star Trek and Darkness and start, check out the Star Trek franchise. It's a great franchise. Anyways, I digress. Bill, what do you got? I'm trying to cheat in here a little bit. What are you cheating with? I'm actually going to do a direct to video sequel. Okay, no, that's fair. Still counts, still counts. And guess who it's from? Guess what media company we all know, love, and or hate it? Disney? It is the sequel to to one of my favorite Disney movies, Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Okay, you, uh, first off, we know you hate the Lion King. We get no, it. no, I, 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 hate is a very strong word. I, I am not a big fan of the first one. Now, the second one, I've heard very, very strange things about as well. I, I forgot they made a second one. That's how little I know about it. But yeah, go on, Bill. Okay, and a lot of people would say this was one of the strongest Disney directed video sequels. Okay, but the reason why I'm putting this on my list is. We all know Disney direct-to-video sequels don't get the best reputation. Like Cinderella 4? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's Or Little Mermaid 6. Yeah, like they make that it. That doesn't exist. These... I'm just making shit up. No, no, no. But they actually do. They, they actually made a lot of those animated movies direct-to-video, and they made so many sequels. So like, there's like Cinderella 3 or Little Mermaid 4. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. But Lion mm-hmm. King Simba's Pride, I think what's so interesting about it. Yeah is that the first Lion King is based off Hamlet. This one is based off of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. And the story is Simba now has a daughter named Kiara. Mm -hmm. Like, if you remember at the end of the Lion King when they show the new cub who's being hoisted by Rafiki. Yeah, that's, that's his daughter. That's his daughter, Kiara. That's Simba's daughter, yes. And she um and she also okay, and she falls when she's older, she ends up meeting a cub called Kovu, that one over there. Okay. And, and he's like not a descendant of Scar, but Scar took him in and and his 
because he's part of a group called the Outsiders, which like the leadership of Scar, but they say Kovu wasn't Scar's father. But come on, guys, he kind of looks like Scar. He can we he just does. admit that he is Scar's son? Let's just admit that now. Sure, I, let's admit let's, that now, so we can just go with that. save save us the brain problems, so we don't get up in the middle of, in the middle of the night and and scream. Yes, Kovu is Scarson. So let's just admit that now. Save us some pain tonight when we go to bed. I just I just helped you. You're welcome. That'll be 10 bucks. Yeah, this has been uh supporting your bills with Bill. <laughs> if you if you want to pay me, call 1 800 God Bill. But anyway. So what so what so but um they forbid them from not seeing each other. Sound familiar? Yeah. Um, and and as they as they get older, Kovu becomes older, but then falls in love with Kiara and is planning on killing Simba. But he starts getting into the circle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. Is it as good as the first Lion King? No, no. Oh. Like, wh- listen, whether you love it or hate it, JT, it's the first one was a freaking spectacle. But let's face it, this one was nowhere up to par to what it what a sequel to it could have been. It's Disney directed video. Like, yeah, I feel like, like they knew when, once they made it, they're like, all right, we're just going to send it to video. Yeah, because I think they were doing this to save money. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, D- Disney directed. We could do a whole show on that. We should. Coming soon. Bill and JT talk Disney directed video sequels. And just to uh, just to add to your pleasure, we're gonna watch every single one. No. <laughs> I think JT would absolutely fire me if I made him do that. I would borderline fire you. Not kidding you. <laughs> you really think I would do that? No, I know you wouldn't do that. Don't worry. Okay. Every single Disney direct direct to video sequel. Please oh. don't, please, folks, don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. They won't make you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Unless we could sh- shoot off in the comments, folks. Do you want to see me watch every Disney direct to video? Oh, I, I think. Come on, come on, guys. Do you, JT? You're you're not involved in this. Don't worry. Go, go ahead. Just, just. All right. Anyways, Lion okay, King. No, no, I'm gonna check on the. I'm I'm gonna check on the garbage while I talk about this. Um, but okay. anyway, here's the. Okay, here is the. Um, but you know, like here's what I say. I think it was. They were trying to keep that Shakespearean mode of, you know, the first one's based off Hamlet. This one's based off of Romeo and Juliet. Right. Um, But, you know, I do, you know, I actually like a lot of the songs in this, surprisingly. Okay. Unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't get Elton John and Tim Rice back. Oh, bummer. But not like a lot of the songs, like the opening song, He Lives in You, that's actually from the Broadway show. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I, I've never seen the Broadway show. Oh, my God. In the box with Bill. In the box with Bill. Oh. 
if they guess what song that's a parody of, JT, what do they win? They win his respect, and they also win a signed by Bill, 1-800-GOT-BILL t-shirt, if you can guess that song. Signed by me! Yes. And you win my respect. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so... Okay, now listen. I I will say of all the Disney director videos, I would say this is probably the strongest one. I, I would say this is probably the strongest Disney director videos. Tell me why. Because you know what? It does have a good story. The songs are good. And and it's not too close to the original. Like it yeah. has like, you know, the circle of life and everything. Right. But it's not, they don't make it too close to the original, but they don't stray too far from left field. Okay. If that makes sense. It's like that perfect balance between the original and the and straying out in left field. And yeah, and then if people want to know my view on Lion King one and a half, it's okay. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's okay. And and yeah, so and then they and, and you know, you thought after this one, the Broadway show and the Lion King one and a half. You think Disney would give up that property, right, JT? Nope. Nope, they are milking that cash out of the bank. There is a show that there's a Disney there's a there's a Disney Junior show called The Lion Guard, which I know literally nothing about. I don't have I do not have children. I don't have any young nieces or nephews, so I know absolutely nothing about that. Yeah. And 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 they also, of course, made the dreaded live-action remake. Yeah. I, which, no, unfortunately, no. like JT with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I like to live in a world where that doesn't exist. Yeah. no, But no unfortunately, it does. Yeah, bummer. Seriously. And, and they're making a prequel film about Mufasa come in, a, in two years, I think. So Disney's not done milking the Lion King yet. They really can't get enough, can they? Yeah, but anyway... Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. I actually think it's a very strong sequel. Like I said, I think the songs are really good. I like He Lives in You, We Are One, the song that Simba and Kiara sing together, I think is very nice. Um, There is a villain song called My Lullaby, and you know who actually wrote it, JT? Who? Joss Whedon. Really? That jo Yes, folks. Avengers Joss Whedon. Justice League Joss Whedon, too? <laughs> Ugh. The weeding cut again. Another movie I like to wish doesn't exist. J Justice League. <laughs> Snyder cut is better. Um. Yeah, coming soon. Snyder cut movie commentary. You, me, and Justin, and maybe if he's available. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Doctor. Matt Hemsley. Yes. But anyway. But yeah. Do I think it's as good as the first one? No. But is it the other Disney sequels? No, trust me, folks. If you watch the other direct-to-video Disney sequels, it makes this look like The Godfather 2. 
There's a reason why Disney sent all these films to direct the video, anyways. To save money. Yeah. And not only that, but like they they probably knew they wouldn't be good. But I would say this one probably shines the best out of all yes. of those, you know. All right, JT, over to you. All right. Well, the leaving the world of animation. Let's talk a little bit. There, 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 there's always Ever since the last movie, they've always talked about doing a fourth film or they've talked about rebooting the, the series or whatever to a different type of style. Every once in a while, you hear a report about this. It's been over a decade of just every like four or five years, someone says, oh, we're going to redo it. We're going to redo it. And sure enough, they never do. Because I don't think they will with this one because I don't think Back to the Future should be remade. Or no, uh, uh, hear me out for a sec. Because Back to the Future, just really quick before I get to get into why the sequels are a little bit unappreciated. The first one is a classic. 100%. One of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. One of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. I love this trilogy. I love this film. It is arguably one of the best 80s films in general. The second one where they go um where they go through um to the future because the whole premise of the first one is those of you who live under a rock and don't know what we're talking about get on it um kid gets uh, uh, marty mcfly a kid from high school gets sent back in time by accident uh, but he has the ability to redo his future and re- re- redo his life in a better way by meeting his mom and dad and making them fall in love and getting back to the future hence the title Back to the Future Part 2 is where, and at the end of the first one, they do set up to have a sequel, and they do. It's called Back to the Future Part 2. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about Back to the Future Part 2, and but Part two, but I'm also talking about Part 3. Part 2 where, is where they go to the future. They go to the year. Wait, wait for it, everyone. Wait for it. They go to the year 2015. Wow. We're still in the future, guys. We were already, we've made it to that day. It's crazy. Um it's funny, actually. Uh, the, the the that day, I remember the news feeds. Everyone was like, "Oh, like USA Today uh, made like a, a headline similar to what Marty McFly expected in the movie, which was pretty clever on their part." I will say that. Anyways, we don't have flying cars. We don't have hoverboards yet, but I'm sure we will at some point. Um, but the cool thing about the second one, though, that I don't think the first one really did was, second one, they messed around with time. They messed around with what what would happen if oh. What if someone got a hold of the, the DeLorean? What if, what if someone got a hold of the time machine and reset their past to make them make them more uh, to make them more um, gain financial wealth, possibly, or gain power? Um, it is crazy. And if you watch Back to the Future Part Two, for what it's worth, it really is a great example of what. Uh, Obviously, if, if time travel could happen, of course, but it gives a great example about how you can give your own future its own worth, really. I mean, it's a re- I think it's a little bit underappreciated as far as like a, a sequel goes. I mean, yes, there's the trilogy, they always box that, they always DVD box set it as a trilogy, but I would say Back to the Future Part Two is very underappreciated. It shows how, like, it really shows how they made uh, time changes, how life can really be altered. It's a really solid sequel in general. Now, a lot of people are like, all right, well, you well, Jamie, and you're saying that the second one is so good. Well, the third one still sucks. The third one for a little while was my favorite of the three uh, for a little while there. 
believe it or not, so the third one, for those of you, uh, those of you again who don't know, Back to the Future Part 3 is when they go to the Wild West and they actually uh, have to get back to the future by having a train push the DeLorean, which I thought always thought was so cool the way they did that. Um, but Doc finds love back there in the past. And the, that one was, I felt like it was, it's actually a very good movie overall, Back to the Future Part 3. And let's face it, it's a, it's it may not be on par with the first one or the second one, but at least it's a strong enough movie to call it a great trilogy. Because there's some people who are like the Dark Knight trilogy is the greatest trilogy. No, it's not. Talk to me about Star Wars. It's one um, of them. Like Star, like, that's whole another conversation for another time. But seriously, the Back to the Future trilogy is a trilogy for a reason. They made three of them. The third one is no, nowhere is not as good as the first one, but it's still a very solid movie overall. And mind you, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale and all them did a great job with this trilogy. So I'm going to I, I preface by with, with what I'm saying by saying that the second one and the third one are a little bit underappreciated by today's standards as two sequels that made it into made this film, this film into a trilogy series. It really is a great, great trilogy. And the two sequels that follow the first one are really, really, really good. Are they just as good as the first one? No. But are they, are they still entertaining? Do you still get a kick out of them? I do. I know a lot of other people do. And there's always been talk about them rebooting and revitalizing the franchise. I don't think they ever will. I, I, I don't think that because they wrapped it up so perfectly at the end of the third one. Why would you make a fourth one? Why? How could you? Will, will Michael J. Fox come back? Who knows? But I, I don't think you're going to see a Back to the Future reboot or forever. I mean, maybe when Michael J. Fox is, is passed on or maybe when Christopher Lloyd is passed on personally, I don't know. But I will say the Back to the Future, um, the second one and third one are a little bit underappreciated as far as movies go in general. I would say that personally. Bill, do, do, Bill, do you have any thoughts on the second one or third one at all? Are you going to hate me if I told you I didn't see either of them? No, it's okay. I, I, I wasn't sure if you saw them. Or not. I'm not going to kill you for that. It's okay. Uh, By I was the way, 1.21 gigawatts. What the hell is a chicken one? Uh, future that. commentary, you think? We could do that one day, yeah. We could do we could do it like we could shoot like um it'd be an interesting one to do to actually talk about because there's so much stuff going on in, in each one. Um if we were to do all three too, but anyways, uh one day we will. Who knows? Um keep on looking out for that one. Yeah, keep on I'll I'll let you guys know on our YouTube channel if you guys see that. But anyways, I believe the second two back to the future films are very underappreciated for what they are. They are really great movies for what they are. And I, I don't think they get the love they deserve, truthfully. Because I, 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 the reason why they say it's the Back to Future trilogy is because it's a trilogy. There's two other films. So that's just my argument there. But yeah, Back to the Future, great movie, great trilogy, great two sequels. That is my conclusion there. Bill, what do you got next? Okay. Ooh. Oh, boy. You know, I don't know which one I should talk about next. Hmm. You pick. Pick one. Okay. Here's one that... Okay, I haven't seen the whole thing in its entirety, but I think I know enough to talk about it. And that is Halloween 3, Seasons of the Witch. I actually thought you might bring this up. Really? 
because I, I, there's been so many Halloweens, there's been so many Friday the 13th. We don't really okay. talk about it that much, but still. I'm not going to give you a big, long thing on this one, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. It's the... Or, um, or like Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, it's a bunch of them, so... Okay. The thing is... Here's what it is. It's a guy who runs a Max factory who's from Ireland okay. who wants to bring back the... who wants to bring back the feast of... who wants to bring back the original sacrificial origins of Halloween. And if you know what I mean by that, human sacrifice. Yeah, literally. So he has this mask. So they have this mask. They put on this, the kids. And they, and when it's from, the company's called Silver Shamrock. Um, and when the jingle plays, yep, I got to do it for you. Dun, 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 dun. Three more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Three more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. I'm and dead. When it hears those, when it hears that, the mask basically sucks up people, the kids' faces, and basically kills them. Oh, that's that's wonderful. <laughs> Now, okay, this film has gotten a lot of hate, and you, and here's why. What? This was the first and only film that does not include Michael Myers. Oh, the, that's a dead giveaway right there. I mean, come on. I mean, you have to have Michael Myers for you to do Halloween. Well, because here's what John Carpenter wanted to go a different direction. Because after the first two... After the first two, which both included Michael Myers, he wanted to do a, you know, he wanted the the franchise to go in a new direction. Okay. And that was, he wanted to turn it into an anthology series. Oh, really? Yeah, he wanted to turn it into an anthology series. Hmm. And have a different Halloween story released every year. Like this year it was going to be about witches. The next year it was going to be about ghosts. Okay, all right. Like he wanted to go, he wanted to take the franchise into a new direction. Hmm. So, and a lot of, and you know, when this movie got released, not a lot of people liked it. And you know what? To be fair, to be fair, I think because if you start the two with Michael Myers and like, okay, I'm not going to have Michael Myers in this one. I I can understand why people would not be happy with that. Yeah. You? No, I agree. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna go a new direction, if you're gonna go a new direction, then why do the other two have Michael Myers in it? Right, exactly. If you wanted to go a new direction, maybe have the second one become like the anthology series. Yeah. And like I think John Carpenter had a good I think he had a good idea. I agree. I think he had a very good idea. But I don't think I just don't think it was executed that great. All right, that's fair. I mean, and full disclosure, I'm just saying this from my own standpoint, I have never seen any of the Halloween movies. I've never seen any of the Friday the 13th movies or Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But um I know but, shame um, on my part, but but 
the th- but you know what? In recent years, kind of a change of opinion on this movie. Um, how so? Has what was that? How so? It's sort of gained a bit of a cult following. Oh, I, I could see that, of course. I mean, the franchise has got a ton of fans and cult followings now. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fan, the movie has, the movie has gained a cult following. And once you think of it, and and you know what, a lot of people, and you know, maybe I could could get on this opinion. If you look at it as a standalone film and not part of the Halloween franchise, it's not terrible. It's actually pretty good if it if you look at it as a standalone. Mm, all right. But if you look at it as part of the franchise, then we have issues. Yeah. But you know what? Because I think the problem is people just get too comfortable and they get too familiar. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I could see that actually. Because yeah. I read stories about when people walked out, they were going, Where's Michael Myers? Right. And yeah, so that is my thoughts on Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Cool. Good right, pick. Buddy, Good over pick. To you. I All have right. three more after this one. I have three more. I actually have, I think, what am I on? I'm on my fourth one. Let's see. You talked about. I talked about Indiana Jones, Star Trek, Back to the Future. Yeah, I'm on my fourth one. Yeah. After this, actually, more than, than you. So, actually, after this, I'm good. This is my last one for now. So. Oh God, I have three more. Do you want me to cut it short, or I can do my three? Whatever you want to do. If you want to talk about all three, talk about all three. If you want to talk about two of them, talk about two of them. Whatever you want to do, bud. Okay, I think I might do all my right. all three, but go right ahead. All right. So my last pick of the evening is a movie. That has well, it currently has two sequels from the original one, but the original one, the the second sequel, the the, the sequel to the first one, the second movie in the franchise, came out in 1989. And uh, let's face it, everyone, who are you going to call? You're going to call Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yes, uh, I'm talking about Ghostbusters two, because Afterlife was a stunning surprise. I was so impressed by that movie. I I thought that they handled the, like the. This could be another topic for us, Bill. Just saying, uh, sequels that waited too long, or sequels that uh, sequels that waited too long, or or the long awaited sequels discussion. Oh, that's a good one. We could do that. I'm I'm gonna, I thought about that the other day. We we could talk about that one day for like Ghostbusters 3 or Afterlife or Top Gun Maverick. We could talk about that another day, but yeah, put that on the seek, put that on the list. I will, but I will have this topic list. (laughs) Yes, the first list that I have so many discussions about with Bill. Uh, but Ghostbusters 2, some people do not like this movie at all. Some people think it's a weak sequel. Some people like it. Some people love it. I'm of the opinion that as a, as a, for a long time, we were not getting a Ghostbusters 3. For a long time, we were not getting Ghostbusters. We got Ghostbusters 3. I would say it was a step up from this, but I don't think this was that bad. I don't think that Ghostbusters 2 was that bad, honestly. I don't think it was very... Uh, some people like some people just just don't like it. It's just somebody like yeah, it's okay, it's whatever. I, I I think it was a a sequel that actually it did a lot of repetition from the first one. Like oh, like the ghost went away, then they came back. Now they're back in business. That kind of thing. That type of aspect made a lot of sense to me. Like oh like, oh, they've been out of business since the since the mid eighties. Now it's nineteen eighty nine. They're trying to be like you know 
the ghosts are coming back now. Also, the I think the villain was kind of weak though. It was just a, like the the painting of like Vigo the Carpathian. Hmm. I mean, he was kind of like a strange villain, but at the same time, they had to come up with something. So, but yeah, I I I I would I wouldn't say it's underrated. I would say that it's underappreciated a little bit. I would say that I would say the Ghostbusters two from nineteen eighty nine is a little bit underappreciated. Truthfully, let's face it. This was a movie that had to have it. This was a movie that had coming off of one of the most successful films ever. I mean, with Ghostbusters, one of the most cultural phenomenon films ever. Ghostbusters. I mean, come on. Everyone knows who you're going to call Ghostbusters. You know, everyone knows that. So coming off of it, you had coming off of it to make a second one. It was an interesting take. I actually liked it quite a bit when it came out. And for a while, it was the only sequel we had to Ghostbusters. For a long time, it was the only sequel we had. And then we got Ghostbusters Afterlife. And now there's going to be more Ghostbusters movies coming too, apparently, which I found out. It's going to be very interesting how they do that. But anyways, Ghostbusters 2. I am all for it. I'm actually, I, I really enjoyed this one a lot. Now that I think about it, Bill. Now that I think about it. Actually, I, I really enjoyed this for what it was. Was it as good as the first one? No, but it's still enjoyable for what it is. Do you like Ghostbusters 2? I've only seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole movie. Okay. Well, basically, you got to watch it for what it's worth. Watch the first one, then watch the second one, and you'll see what I mean. Where it's like a, they have to like they kind of copy and paste a little bit, but it's still worth it for what it's worth. So, but yeah. Okay. Now, uh, what's your pick? okay? I have that was your last one. You said that was my last one of the night. Yep. Okay. I have three more, and I'll breeze through them right quickly. What do you got? My first one, oh, JT, you're going to hate me for this. What? It involves your good friend, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. The Dark Knight Rises. I thought I, w- I wasn't sure if you'd bring it up or not. To me, it's, it's sort of a, a lot of people, some people love it, some people hate it. It's sort of a, guess what, JT? It's sort of a mixed, mixed bag. bag. Self-promotion! Yes. Um, but anyway, The Dark Knight Rises, I will be honest with you. Do I think it's good as the other two? No, in my opinion. And I know Dr. Hemsley disagrees with me on this one. Yeah. I think it's personally the weakest of the trilogy. No, I, I actually agree with you on that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm not just saying because I don't... I'm not the biggest fan of it. I'm saying because it's, it's, it is probably the weakest of the three. It is the weakest of the three, but I do think it ends the trilogy on a good note. I'll say that. Yeah. I do think it ends the trilogy in a right way. Cause. Cause. Okay. Um, he, you know, the, you know, when you first see the, um, you know, when, you know, I think what's, what I do like about this movie is that they show, even though the Joker is not in this movie, think about it. He still won. Think about it. The Joker in The Dark Knight won. That's true. He blew away. He killed Rachel. He turned Harvey Dent into a supervillain. Like what's kind of interesting, but yet kind of you know, that they're trying to, they're trying to bury what happened with Harvey Dent. Yeah. What happened with Harvey Dent. And, 
and which you do. And it's sort of like you do appreciate the um whatchamacallit, like the mystery of all of it, but it's the same time. Like, did we really did this movie really need to be made? Well, I feel like well, to answer that question, yes. Because it was coming off of The Dark Knight, which was one of the most critically acclaimed successful movies of the 2000s. If you look, JT, after The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan didn't want to do another Batman. Did Warner Brothers put it on him? Is that what it was? Probably. They probably pushed it on him. Because, okay, I know you're not the biggest fan of The Dark Knight, but the end of the movie was he wants us to follow him. He is The Dark Knight. Do you think if there was no sequel, do you think that would have been a good way to end the... Nolan Batman. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because I feel like I feel like if truthfully, I feel like you needed that third film in there just to kind of like wrap it up. Because what if you really want to break down the Dark Knight trilogy, what it is is it's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Each movie is its own part of this overlying arc and this world that they created. If we look at it, what is it? It's called Batman Begins. It's called Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. I, I it's it if you if you just take the titles alone, that's what they are. That's a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, but here's the thing that makes me that I would say, which I could see why people aren't the biggest fans of it. It's sort of like why would you connect? Once you, feel, I think the Dark Knight Rises has more of a connection to Batman Begins than it does the Dark Knight. Uh, I would say so. I mean, the Joker's not it. Well, obviously, he, he, he Ledger passed away, but still, you know, it has more. You know, when they bring up Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows, well, that that's the part I feel like that they were actually making it like the ending of the the trilogy. So, like, like Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic, I think, said it best when he said, "Well, what was the point of a second movie?" Once you think about it, what was the point of the second movie? To tell a good story. But, and of course, the scene that everybody, that everybody complains about. How did Bruce Wayne get back to Gotham from the hole so quickly? Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's a valid argument to me. No, that is a valid complaint. Like, you want to know, like, I still like this movie. Like, okay, I said a few minutes ago it's the weakest of the Nolan trilogy. It is. But you know what? I still like it. I still, it's, but you know what? Here's what, and I still like this movie. And there was another big comic book movie that came out that year. And what was it? Well, the best comic book movie of all time, Marvel's The Avengers. Like when, if you ask me my favorite movies of 2012, I would probably put Dark Knight at Rising number one, Avengers at number two. But you know, the interesting thing is when I went back to go watch the movies. Yeah. Like when I went back to go watch the Avengers, I was finding more stuff to like. But when I was going back to watch the Dark Knight Rises, I saw more of the flaws. Mm, Okay. I saw more of the flaws. Yeah. And like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, the scene when they put Anne Hathaway as Catwoman, who, who I really like, she's no Michelle Pfeiffer, but I do, I did like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Don't, um, I, I would not shy away. Her Catwoman was as good as it's going to get with Anne Hathaway. 
and they're putting her in the men's prison. Goes the Harvey Dent Act prohibits discrimination in prisons. Like, that makes no. What does that have to do with anything? This makes absolutely no sense. I agree. Oh, I agree with you there. So and Bane was pretty cool. Like, you know, I really like that speech that he gives about Harvey Dent when he's like when he's reading Gordon's speech. He's like, I I love that part when he goes. Do you accept this man's resignation? I'm the resignation of the and yeah. yeah, like I like the movies. I wouldn't even really say bad. Like again, this movie's sort of a mixed bag. Um, fair enough, fair enough. You know, some people love it, some people hate it. I used to love, love it. Like, and you know, and I've told this story before, and I'm bringing back up Doug Walker when I watched um when I first watched his review of it just by himself. He wasn't yeah. a nostalgia critic. He just was himself. I said, oh, I hated this movie. I thought it sucked. And I'm like sitting there screaming at the computer screen like, no, Doug, you're a freaking idiot. This movie was fantastic and I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And then I remember I went back and watched it again. I went back and watched it again. And I'm like, wait a minute. What were those criticisms? I'm like, it wasn't as good as when I first saw it. And then I went back and watched Doug's review. I'm like, okay, agree with that. Okay, I kind of agree with that. Okay, I don't really agree with that. That That's not a good point. Okay, that is a good point. Like, it just, but it really makes you show if you go back, watch a movie a second time, you could either like it more or dislike it more. Yeah. And yeah, that's my, another one. I got two more left. Okay, this one, I think you know what I, I was going to talk about it. What do you got? Rocky Five. Good pick. Oh, wait, JK, I'm sorry. Did you have any more thoughts on The Dark Knight Rises? Or Nope, you're good. Go ahead. Rocky Five, okay. baby. A lot of people hate this movie. Yeah. To me, like with The Dark Knight Rises, I think it's the weakest in the franchise. And I just want to give a note. Just because we say they're not as bad as everyone says they are, we don't think they're the best in, they're the best in their respective franchises. Right, exactly. We don't think those films are the best. Exactly. We just think they get they get too much hate. But Rocky Five is all right. After the events of Rocky Four, yeah, Rocky returns from Russia. He's having some health issues because you know when you take a few blows to the head from a big ass Russian. That's going to mess you up a little bit. Yeah. And comes back and he's told that he can't. He's told that he shouldn't fight again. And on top of that, his financial issues begin because his dumbass brother-in-law signed a stupid, signed some contract and basically lost all his money. Yeah. And... And, you know, Rocky is with his son and Adrian's working at the pet store again. It's back into the old neighborhood. And and he starts training a new boxer named Tommy Gunn, played by actually real-life boxer Tommy Morrison. Yes, rest in peace to Tommy Morrison, too. And... And, you know, starts training him and kind of starts neglecting his son. And 
you know, come to think about it, I think this movie is more of a sequel to Rocky Three than it is to Rocky Four. Yeah, what gave it away? <laughs> because you know he's still mourning the death of his beloved trainer Mickey. Yeah. And yeah, so anyway, Tommy Gunn starts getting big, but then he starts getting in with this um with this with this promoter George Washington Duke, who is a who is a um who is basically a ripoff of famous, or I don't want to say ripoff, who is a parody of famous boxer promoter Don King. Yeah. Um, and Tommy Gunn starts, wins the heavyweight champion of the world, but everyone says, oh, you don't, you still have to prove it. You still have to prove it. And, and then... And because he abandoned Rocky, and then he's like, Rocky, he's yelling at Rocky, like, he's like, I want to fight. He goes in the ring, and then, you know, trying to prove this big fight. He goes into the bar, though, and he punches Paulie. And he goes, Hey, you want to take it? Let's go. Let's go. Goes. And George Washington Duke goes, No, in the ring. Tommy got only fights in the ring. Goes, My ring's outside. And it's just, 20 minutes of two people beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, that's all it is. And I gotta admit, I kind of like this movie. Like, okay, do I think it's as good as one, two, three, four, and Balboa? I'm leaving the Creed movies out of this because they're, they're their own separate thing. They um, are. And 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 you know, it's yeah, but now why do a lot of people hate this movie? Well, even Sylvester Stallone hated it. He said that, so an interviewer asked, how would you rate Rocky Five? Zero. But, because I think and I've said this before, I think what happened is this movie took a different direction. Like, if you look at Rock after Rocky One, which was directed by John Alveson, Rockies two, three, and four were directed by Stallone. Yeah, he directed them himself. Two was very similar to three. Was very similar to Rocky one. Three was. Three was similar to, you know, but then three and four started. Started going quick pace like action movies. Like, if you look, the antagonists in three and four talked more like action villains than boxing opponents. Yeah, they really did. And then Rocky Five, John Alveson came back. Yes. And it returned back to the slower pace. It returned back to the slower pace when people were getting used to the fast pace of three and four. Right, right, right. And, and, um, and one of my one of my one of my favorite scenes in that movie is he's having flashbacks throughout make with Mickey throughout the movie. Yeah. And then in this when Rocky, when Tommy hits and takes a big blow to him, and and Mickey is through his head, and then <laughs> Mickey played by the late Burgess Mayor, get up, you son of a bitch. Mickey loves you. Yeah. And then Rocky goes, hey, Tommy, I didn't hear no bell. One more round. 
and then Rocky just beats the crap out of him. Yeah. And then the Don King character keeps saying to Rocky, touch me and I'll sue. And then at the end, he goes, go ahead, buddy, touch me and I'll sue. And then Rocky just punches him and he goes, sue me for what? Yeah, sue me but, for what? And, um, but you know what? I, I, listen, is it as good as the other ones? No. But yeah. it's not that bad as everyone says it is. It's not that bad as everyone says it is. Um, it's, and you know what? And I've said this before, the ending, Rocky was supposed to die at the end. Right. Like, Tommy Gunn was supposed to give one last blow, and he was supposed to die in Adrian's arms. But when they gave it to the studio, the studio didn't like it and said, go rewrite it. Right. But, you know, because, you know, you kind of like a lot of the bonds in the film, like, like when you see about Rocky trying to reconnect with his son, which is a theme that carries over into Rocky Balboa. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, who was actually played by Sylvester Stallone's real life son, Sage, rest in peace. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Sage. Um. Yeah, but, you know, him getting back to his old roots, him running Mickey's old gym. And you kind of like the, I kind of like how it's going back to the roots. But a lot of people maybe just, they, again, like we said, the Halloween sequel, they got too familiar with, with the fast pace of three and four and they, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right, I got one more. Spider-Man 3! No, I'm just kidding. We, we, I think we tortured ourselves enough with that one, don't you think? We did a movie commentary of it. And <laughs> before I go to my real pick, hey, JT, remember going, and you're like, oh my god, Eater, Emo Peter's coming? I'm like, JT, it's not coming. It's here. Yes. Okay. My The last one I'm going to talk about it, I, I have to talk about it, because over the past couple of years, it's been sort of a split. Godfather Part 3. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to piss off a lot of people tonight. No, no, no. Go ahead. Share your thoughts. Like, oh, God. Folks, if you think I pissed you off at Rocky Five, oh, I'm going to really piss you off with this. Yes, piss us off, Bill. Unpopular opinion. The Godfather 3 is not that bad. The Godfather 3 is actually, dare I say it, is actually a pretty solid film. Like, is it one or two? No, absolutely not. But, now listen, you can you can write me a whole freaking list of problems with Godfather 3. And you know what? About maybe, if you gave me, like, a list of 10 things... Maybe about five or six of them I I would agree with you on. Okay, let's get it out of the let's get it out of the way now. I get it, folks. Sophia Coppola's acting is terrible. Yeah. I I I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Thankfully, she's recovered and is doing well with her directing career, and we wish her well. But I get it. Sofia Coppola's performance is terrible. I get it. You don't have to sit there and yell and yell it at me. 
Because JT, every time I bring up that I actually don't think this movie's that bad. Yes, Sophia Coppola is a person. Anything else you'd like to tell me what you don't like about this movie? Anything else? I'm good. Go ahead. Um, but okay, but like here's the thing: it takes place years after the events of Godfather Two. Michael is basically he's now all alone, except for his daughter. Him and Kay. Him and Kay were um, Diane Keaton's character. Him and Kay have divorced. Kay is remarried. His son is dropping out of law school to become an opera singer. And he's still haunted by the death of... He's still haunted by the death of Fredo. Mm. And... And... And it's basic, and he's now trying to redeem himself from all his past crimes. And also, there's a new family member. There's there's Vincent, who is played by Andy Garcia, who is the illegitimate son of Sonny. Like JT, remember that scene in The Godfather when um at the wedding when Sonny is having having sexual relations with that young lady in the bathroom yes that that's what created andy garcia's character the more you know but um but yeah it the whole movie is about michael's journey to redemption and and this and I think what's you now listen, you can sit here and yell about Sophia Coppola all you want. Um, but there were other options. One, I think Julia Roberts was supposed to be um Sophia Coppola. Okay. One was supposed to be Madonna. Wow. <laughs> no way, Madonna. Nobody cares anymore. It's not the 80s. Francis Ford Coppola just basically, yeah, you're too old. And Actually, um, what's her face? Why know a rider? Oh, right, was, right, yeah. Was supposed to be, was supposed to be, um, Mary, Sophia Coppola's character, but dropped out due to a nervous breakdown. Mm. And also at the same time, she was working on Edward Scissorhands. Right, and and so, Julie Roberts was working on Pretty Woman. Yeah, so uh, why know a rider should be sending Tim Burton a big old thank you note. Thank you for saving my ass for being the Godfather three. Um, oh, but I think maybe her performance would have made the movie better, though. Who knows? I mean, but, you never know. But yeah, but the the reason why nobody Francis Ford Coppola just did the movie because because after Godfather two, he said we're done, no more. Because once you think about it, Godfather two, if you watch that, you wait, you didn't see Godfather two, right? Not yet. Godfather two movie commentary coming soon. Um, we, might, we might have to, yeah, because we did we did the first one, but it ends perfectly, and you think, okay, there, there's no need for another one. But at this time, Francis Ford Coppola was going through a divorce, and uh, he needed to make some uh, extra money. He needed to make some extra dough. 
you know, to take care of all those legal bills. A lot of extra dough. <laughs> so uh, he said, okay, I'll just make another Godfather then. Like. And, and, to, and to be fair, this film was nominated for Best Picture. It was nominated for Best Picture. It was. But, um, yeah. It it didn't win. No, of course but, not. You know, and because you know what? Uh, I think with Godfather 3, though, I think it kind of ties into things perfectly. Like. I don't know if you knew this. Um, Diane Keene and Al Pacino actually were dating on and off for a couple of years. Okay. And Godfather 3, this is, I think, this was around the time when they permanently ended their relationship. Mm. So I think maybe Michael and Kay growing apart was symbolism for Al Pacino and Diane Keaton growing apart. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And... The ending of the film is the most heartbreaking ending. If I tell you what it is, are you going to be pissed or should I just keep it a secret? Just tell it to me. What do you got? Okay. They're all at the opera in which Mike, in which Michael's son is singing in it. And then a bunch of murders are happening. And then when the movie is over, when the opera's over, they're all on the the footsteps they're all on the steps of the opera and then somebody trying to kill Michael with a bullet ends up killing his daughter Um. and Michael is on the opera house steps screaming and just sobbing and and oh yeah, by the way, Vincent, Andy Garcia's character earlier in the movie became the he's the new godfather now. Michael's retired yeah. and Andy's the new godfather. Good to know. Um and Andy takes care of that guy, and Michael is just sitting there holding Mary's body. And 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 then they show flashbacks to the first movie when he's dancing with his first wife. Mm-hmm. When he's dancing with his first wife um, in the first one, and then in the second one when he's dancing with Kay, yeah. And then earlier in the this one, he's dancing with his daughter, mm-hmm. and that's all symbolic of all the of all the things he's lost, right? And the end of the film, Michael is sitting in a Sicilian village alone. And he has an orange. And then he falls out of the chair and dies. Wow. You know, I think the orange was actually a... Was actually an homage to the first one when Marlon Brando is, bu- is buying oranges. Yeah, could be that. And then and then he gets shot. Because they actually did that homage in a Sopranos episode when Tony was getting an assassination attempt and he was buying a bottle of orange juice. Mm, um and because you know what i think the symbol the symbolism is you know with the orange when i think about it comparing you know don corleone you know vito corleone's to michael corleone's deaths is that you know vito corleone he died but you know at least he died playing with his grandson right you know a lot of older people said you know that's how i would want to go playing with my grandchildren you know yeah I think that's a good way. 
and you know my and Vito died a lot of the way that a lot of old people would want playing with their grandkids and and um Michael died alone right so but you know what like I said okay do I think this is good as one or two no 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 I don't think it's as good as one or two like one or two are classics yes like Godfather 2 was actually the first time a sequel won best picture tells you something right there and then that record was broke and then that happened again like 30 something years later with the Twin Towers right with Lord of the Rings but this was the first time a Godfather 2 was the first sequel that won an Oscar and if you talk about sequels that are better than the original Godfather 2 is in that conversation along with Terminator 2 the Dark Knight Empire Strikes Back Godfather 2 is in that conversation but yeah and and you know maybe that's a movie that just waited too long to make a sequel and Francis Ford Coppola just did it to pay off his legal bills from his divorce probably so but you know what it, like with the Dark Knight Rises I think this is the weakest of the trilogy mm -hmm. but I still think it ends the trilogy on a very strong note okay and I think it ties everything up perfectly like it's not one or two, one or two but I still think it ends the the trilogy on a strong note I'll give are, thank you for coming to my TED talk yes this is Bill this has been a TED talk with Bill hey Ted call me up I would love to do a TED talk so is that going to do for us bud I think in the words of Imagine Dragons there's nothing left to say now well on that note ladies and gentlemen we want to thank you all for watching and listening however you enjoyed us tonight uh, I want to thank my good man Bill for doing this show with me as always and always uh, a pleasure yeah. my good friend and uh but he also has uh, something else to um plug Check as out well the sports insanity podcast on the sports insanity network at www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com check out the podcast on all platforms and don't forget seven o'clock tomorrow night check out a check out a episode of thursday night grind where we took last week off for thanksgiving because you know we're people we want to spend time with our family so but we're back tomorrow night to talk about the thursday night game tomorrow which should be a good one should be a good one hopefully it goes well there but um and we want to thank you for watching and listening however you enjoyed us tonight um if you if you haven't already follow us on our social media accounts sim uh, twitter and uh, instagram and facebook at simply at the super Review show um and uh, if you haven't already uh, subscribed to us on youtube we do the show live every wednesday night uh, in the evenings uh so you guys check it out there as well uh, i want to thank bill of course and thank you all for watching and listening well so but for all of us here at the super Review show and uh for all of us here at mixed bag stay safe and take care